Yes, now, and welcome back to episode 60 of the Top Loaded Podcast. If we looked a bit drained, it was London Card Show weekend. Even though I did pull out of the second day, I've come down with something. Catching sank off someone somewhere at the card show, that's my excuse. Or it's just a hay fever, so it's probably just that. But, Harry, it's been a busy weekend for yourself. Being there from Friday to Sunday, so you had a mini vacation. So, how are you feeling? Knackered, mate. I can't lie to you. Um, yeah, got down there early doors on a Friday, and then, yeah, got back at around about... Half six tonight, I think it was. So, um, yeah, it's been a very long weekend, but um, no, nah, a really, really good weekend, really strong. Um, really enjoyed myself. But yeah, as you said, a little mini, little mini breakaway in, in some sense. Yeah, I love you. You always have to put some sort of pun in there with cards. So it was a breakaway and it was your choice. But if any more puns... <laughs> I didn't even clock that either. Yeah, uh, if there's any other puns, I do apologise in that kind of mood tonight. But before we do have a little review and recap at the London Card Show, me and Harry would love to say to every single person who's listening along to this, a massive thank you from both of us for reaching 10,000 listens across all platforms, which is a massive achievement, which, to be honest, I never thought I'd ever have 10,000 different people wanting to listen to my bloody voice at some point. But it's been a brilliant journey. We're obviously now on episode 60, just going over a year or so now. So it's been a fantastic journey now having to reschedule the next target goal because it was 5k well it was a thousand then it was five thousand now it's ten thousand so i think the next one is going to be 20 or twenty five thousand. but harry what a lovely feeling to actually reach the ten thousand landmark yeah it's like speechless i mean i can't obviously thank everyone enough for the ones that are tuning in every week that to listen to the podcast it really does does go a long way and we are forever grateful see, to to hit 10k views and it's something that you know when i first joined never thought it'd be this close and this sort of short space of time until until we hit that so yeah a massive massive thank you to everyone and yeah it really does mean mean a lot to me and me and yourself doesn't it yeah no definitely and it's not just obviously the listeners as well it's i thank everyone who's helped support along the way who's joined us on any episodes or even just talked about the podcast with them it's everyone in the hobby we've just been trying to help out as well so like we say we're not changing the true aspect of why the podcast was ever set up was just to try and bring the uk scene a bit together and grow as a as a unit and hopefully we can do that together so we do look forward to the upcoming years in the scene and hopefully watching it do expand like we have seen over the last 60 episodes so hopefully if the growth does go on the next 60 episodes will be great but also the hobby will grow with it but talking about hobby growth and obviously it was the London Card Show obviously this weekend which was the 22nd 23rd of April obviously always a busy day or days uh, at the shows, obviously, with the Saturday trade night and Sunday. So your initial thoughts just for the overall experience. Obviously, there has been some negativity and some positivity in the card world, but our honest, as we say, we always give our honest opinions here. So what did you find of the overall weekends of, if we talk about the actual show to be, not obviously the card aspect, because the cards is uncontrollable from the organisers, but how did you find like the Saturday trade night Sunday? Because all three are very different aspects of the show. Yeah, uh, busy again. You know, um, it was very, very busy again on the Saturday. Um, a little bit quieter today. Um, we'll see whether it being recorded on the Sunday. Quieter today. Um, and trade night was obviously was was actually really good in my opinion. Um, it was unfortunately sort of the same again where people were just sort of walking in, sitting down, laying out cars and sitting there. Um, so t- to that aspect, it was a little bit like we need a bit more movement. It was sort of a lot, a lot of people just sort of set up and just sat there um, as opposed to potentially walking around and looking at trades. Um, but nonetheless, I thought trade night was really good because as you know, we obviously me and you both picked up a couple of cars at trade night. Um, but yeah, the Saturday as a whole, I thought was really enjoyable. Um, you know, it was great to, to talk to 
you know the guys we've met before and to catch up with a lot of a lot of the guys that we speak to quite regularly um getting very busy very very busy um you know it's quite a lot of people I think it was 1500 people were there on the Saturday so um you know as I said there was a little bit of negativity um from the weekend coming out already um but you know I think in my opinion it's all about the hobby and I think you know everyone came together on Saturday and it was really good so you know I know it's only a short space since the last show it's been what two months um being able to see everyone again and to get back down there and to catch up with everyone was was really really good and I said you can't really expect anything less than for it to be really busy on the, on the Saturday given what the London card show is like um you know it's one of the biggest shows in the uk slash europe so it's always gonna be very very popular um but yeah very very busy on a saturday and i said a little bit quieter today but a lot of good deals done today to be fair from what i was speaking to a couple of the vendors um some very very good deals done today i know there were some big deals done on the saturday i know obviously one of one sports and south jersey the big old trade um at his table but all in all i thought it was a really good weekend again um yes you know every weekend you're gonna every show sorry you're gonna find some you know touch up points you're going to find some little flaws and you're trying to adjust and that's that's you know natural in growing a business so but for me yeah really enjoyed the weekend really really good really really busy um good energy and yeah it was great to catch up with a lot of the guys that we talked to on a regular basis yeah i think obviously this was the first time for me being at the saturday of the upstairs venue and I, there's quite a lot of similarities i would say between the saturdays downstairs and upstairs of the case of at, at points especially on the saturday because uh, i can't speak for personal aspect for sunday was because there's not much gap in between the tables in terms of like the islands and the outside ones, that some areas become very heavily populated and it's very hard to move around. So, but that's one of them that is, there is restrictions with the venue in terms of the size long ways that you have to kind of get these 200 odd tables in. But obviously it would be a nice for a bit more because it seemed that sometimes, I don't know if you had this experience that you was kind of trying to look at a table, whether it was a flick through or just like someone's case and you'd either have someone elbowing you in the back like they're going up for a header at a corner or pushing in front of you to try and see something because I'm like come on I was like, it's like, you'd like you don't really want to say something but then you're just like like really what's going on but I think that partly comes down to because it's just so packed them bits that it doesn't help as well when you've got people with the big backpacks on it's the same I have this pet peeve on the train as well it's when it's mobbed and someone's got a backpack which is like they're carrying a tent up Mount Everest so um, I don't know if you found the same thing that Obviously, it's, there's restrictions of the venue, but I would like it maybe a bit more. I, I don't know how they do it. Obviously, Harry and the team, no doubt, would have probably have similar ideas on it. But like, there, there needs to be a that little bit more room in between that it makes it a bit easier to move around. Because I know at one point we was in the top corner near MGC and we needed to buy you your 15th uh, slab mag of the show. And uh, we look, literally looked down. It was literally a long, it was a straight line to get to third down. And we just looked and we looked at each other and was like, yeah, that's not going to be easy. So you have to kind of snake in and out around certain tables. But I think that's one of my main concerns. Obviously, we're going to talk about a few more in here about pricing and a few other bits like that. But there, there was some, there's some locations that you need a bit more space in between. Just say it's a bit more air and also the people can actually get past. Yeah, definitely. I do agree with you. I think, you know, there was some points you said where a bit of argy-bargy where you're constantly getting a shove in the back or an elbow to the face or, you know, I mean, not literally, but... You know what I mean? There's a, a bit of argy-bargy going on here and there, but it's one of them things where, you know, Harry obviously lowered the number of tickets available on a Saturday to try and mitigate that. Um, but I guess, you know, where you've got that many tables in there and you've got to try and make the the walkways wide enough, um, you're never going to make enough room for people to walk around freely. It's never going to happen. But 
I think, you know, maybe potentially to have a bit more space in between tables for people to walk through would definitely probably be a good idea for the next show. Because like I said, I mean, you know, we looked down and thought we've got to snake through all these different tables to try and get to where we wanted to go because it was just rammed the whole way down. Um, but again, you know, you're looking at the plus side, it's a good thing. Obviously, you know, there's, it's, it's very popular. People want to be there. So it's a sellout show. But on the flip side, you said you are trying to fight a losing battle and trying to get around people and maneuver your way around. So, yeah, there's pros and cons for it. Obviously, the, the pros obviously are being, you know, that it's popular and so it's a busy show. But the, the cons are that you are having to snake a lot of the time to try and maneuver in and out of people. And instead, when people are carrying card cases or prams or backpacks or anything like that, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough move to try and get around people. But it all comes to communication, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't take someone to say, excuse me, or, you know, can I squeeze past three there, mate, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing in terms of the overall experience, just to make either the table layout a little bit different, just to make sure it's a bit easier for people to maneuver around. Because um, yeah, it did seem quite a tight squeeze at times. Yeah, and I think another one, obviously, we're saying about layouts and stuff like that, it's probably one of the most, opt- no doubt the team and the venue spoke to each other to optimise like, the layout. There's been a lot of criticism of I, I I'm gonna I, I partly agree and I don't agree. There's one that's saying oh, it should be sports only or, or like a sports show and then a TCG set. I don't agree necessarily to that because there's some people like don't get me wrong, there's most people either collect TCG or they collect sports, but there's some people who do collect both. But I kind of would like it, I think, if there was like desi- not not a designated area that you're literally segregating half and half. I don't think that's fair, but like the island system that is in operation, especially like down the right hand side. Maybe it could even be a case of you have like a TCG and then a sports and then a t- that you kind of know that you can go around a full circle and it's all sports. And then the next one is all Pokemon. And then like that, obviously it's no doubt. Like it's, yeah, again, it's something that we'll pass on any of anything that we think to the team. And no doubt we've asked people on our story as well for their opinions. And we'll briefly discuss some of them as well. And anything we say, we'll try and pass on the team to see what they would say about it. Or even you never know, it could be put into use for the upcoming shows, but would you like to kind of see a not completely segregation, but maybe like a little pattern that there's like a TCG Island and a sports island? Because I remember um, one of the last shows downstairs, it, it, I don't know if it was by like, on purpose or by accident, there was kind of a bit of a pattern there that there was quite a lot of TCG next to each other. And then you'd have a whole island of sport. And it kind of worked well. Obviously, that was the downstairs one that was kind of a big square. And then you had like six islands in the middle. But it kind of there was kind of a theme. So would you kind of go for that kind of thing rather than the segregation approach? Yeah, I think the segregation approach is probably going to be a little bit not impossible, but it's not going to be easy. So I think potentially in terms of the actual layout, if you were to go island by island, in terms of like you said, you group all TCG on one island, sports on another island, and then TCG on the next island, or however you want to lay it out. Um, I think completely segregating half the hall or one side of the hall to be TCG or sports yeah. probably isn't going to work um, in terms of footfall and the flow of traffic. But I think if you were to put island by island, potentially grouping together TCG and sports, will make it a bit easier for people to suss out. And I know obviously the floor plan gets released and you know, you've know got the table numbers and who's on what table, so you can almost make out who you want to go to. But yeah, I think having island by island in terms of TCG and sports would probably be the next best approach in terms of seeing how it goes. Um, just so everyone's grouped together, because you know, you could have walked from a Pokemon to a sports to an NBA to Funker Pop back to sport. So yeah, I think, you know, to, to group them on island together would probably be the most beneficial as the next step. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, as I said, it's, it's a card hobby, you know, it's not just predominantly about sports as much as we only collect sports. Yeah. Um, like I said, you're never going to please everyone. And I guess, you know, we understand that, but there's probably sort of ways you can go around it potentially to see trial and error. Do you know what I mean, if, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You've tried it and, you know, you come up with the next idea. But then that's, for me, probably the next best point of port call is to maybe group them together on, on different islands. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I have no, I've openly said this on the podcast before, that I have no interest in TCG. All right, if people want to count the new Disney cards as TCG, fair enough, because I actually quite like looking at them and are quite nice cards to collect. But I still like having a look at Pokemon cards on the day because I have no idea what I'm looking at. And honestly, they could have two slabs next to each other. One could be a 10 or one could be 50 grand. I would not know the difference. But it's sometimes nice to have a look at some of the others, especially... I walked past one store, I don't know who it was, but they had all sealed boxes of like all the old edition Pokemon. I was like, that's quite cool to look at, to see some of these boxes were like five to ten grand. And I'm like, that's quite cool to see. And then, obviously, there was another one which was uh, full of loads of Funko Pops. But again, I've got a couple of them, but it was quite cool to see something different. But I think the next one, I've had, we've had quite a lot of people message into the podcast room was about actual some of the dealers and some of the pricing. And I think it's a very tricky, controversial and just a hard generic topic because as a buyer, you're going to have a certain perspective on pricing. As a seller, you're going to... So naturally, if you're buying something, you want it for the cheapest price possible. And if you're selling it, you want it for the most expensive price possible, which is natural in the world. If I had a random card, say I had a... One of the cards I bought yesterday, a Blue Shimmer Gabrielle, I'm going to say I want it for a tenner, even though I know it's not worth that. But you look at the comps and you roughly work it out or just on knowledge. Obviously, I see one for 30 quid in China, but I knew obviously it would be worth more in Europe. But lucky enough, the dealer said, look, I'll just go on whatever comps because that's probably where he got it. But higher end stuff as well. It's it's very hard to comp a card and a price, especially some dealers have certain cards that they don't really want to sell. So it's a bit more on it. It's a very hard topic. And, like we say, there was a few cards that we see that there was a higher price on it. But at the end of the day, all you've got to do is go up to the dealer and say, look, what's your best price on it? If they say it's too high, you just say, yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. This is my offer. If they say no, they say no. Uh, I don't know if you found that, that I kind of felt it was quite a split between some things were overpriced and a lot of things were very well priced. It was, And then there was a few in the middle, but one of them was either raw, really. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think there was... A couple of tables that I think you know, even we walked up to, and there were certain cars that were. I think there was one that I saw that was about three, four hundred pound over the last comp, and you just think. I know some vendors will say these are these are priced from the last show. I haven't changed the prices. Like I'm happy to look at comps, whatever. Cool, you're honest and you're open about it. But some people will stick firm on that. You think you've priced that three hundred pound over the last comp, the exact same card with the exact same grade. Um, I think you know some things for me as well. Like you know, if cards aren't priced like you know it's one of them things each their own this is not a, a dig or not a you know a point finger but i guess you know as, as a as a buyer if you're walking up to a, a table and there's not a single price on any card you think well what like you know what's where are you where are you at on the price um you know most vendors will have a list on their phone of what the prices are cool sweet we go from there but yeah there was a mix a lot of vendors were quite very good priced happy to negotiate happy to come to a deal cool a couple of vendors were hot on the price, no room to move, but it's like double comps and you're like, okay, suit yourself, fine. Um, but yeah, it was it was a real mixed bunch. Um, you know, a couple of cars that we picked up, you know, 
with good, good buyers, good deals, good negotiations, and you know, walked away both of us happy. So, but yeah, I think that's probably one thing for me. Is there's a couple of tables where I went up to and there's nothing's priced. You're like, yeah. you know, if you've got a price list on your phone, cool, sweet. But when nobody's got any prices ready at all, you think, right, okay, well, where do we go from here then? Like, we'll check comps. But, you know, as I said, it's, this is not a dig. It's not a, a point of finger. It's just an observation where it's like, it's, for some reason, for a buyer, it's easy to walk up there and see a price you're on the slab or the card. And you think, cool, right, prices are ready. But, um, yeah, as I said, there was a couple of prices that were extortionately high above the last comp. Um, but it said, it's to be expected. And if it's, a, you know, one of your PC or one of the cards you're not particularly desperate to move, then... So be it. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, my biggest recommendation for anyone in the hobby, from personal experience now, I think it's been five London card show. I think I've been to a roughly around that one, six, seven shows all in all, uh, including others, is just speak to the vendors. Because I, 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 I've always been a personal fan of just getting to know the vendor anyway, because you actually end up talking to them. Obviously, a lot of the time you end up just talking to them a lot, and then you keep in contact, and then, Obviously, I think it's whenever it's a deal. I had a few deals that obviously I'm quite good friends with some of the vendors, which is always helpful that they know if you PC it, they'll give you a bit of a better price. But then you know, I'm the same. I'm like, don't I don't want to discount it too much. I want a fair price. And they go, yeah, fine. So just have a talk with vendors. Like at the end of the day, the worst, as I try and say, I know it's obviously easier said than done, but the worst thing anyone can ever say is no. So yeah. obviously don't go in and don't be... I I'm not going to say like who I was sitting like who I was actually with at the time, but I was walking around and I think I see a car list card listed for about eight hundred pounds. I think it was, which I think was actually I think the card was actually priced below comp. So and the guy went up to him and said, "I'll give you two hundred And I was like, not, "Not why would anyone accept the deal with twenty five percent comps?" Like even people like in the states, obviously a lot of the big guys that people watch like. Ryan Card Collector to uh, Mojo or Sunday League Investors, Draw, anyone like that, they still, for a good deal, they aim for 60 to 70% of comps, depending on the item, or even 70 to 80% of comps. I've never seen anyone ask for 25% of comps. So that was that weird one that I see. I kind of looked at it and I was just like, I have quite an interesting offer that no one's ever going to accept ever. But moving on to the next one, obviously, uh, we've got four different people actually respond with the same thing of there was too much TCG and I don't know the exact numbers, but I would say if we take, take an example, there's say 200 tables on the Saturday. There was slightly more this time, I think, split between TCG and Sport. Um, say if, even say if it was like 130 to 70 or 125 to whatever it will work out, 125 to 75. Um, how would, oh, so it's probably not even that because obviously you've got the likes of the grading club, third down collectibles who are, neither or so, so probably if you say 160 overall it might be like a 90 70 split or probably a bit more in favor of tcg but how would you restrict the certain levels to so say for example when obviously it's going to be quite hard when the tickets go on sale because if someone clicks sports TCG, i don't know how that will work but would you like to kind of see an equal balance in between tcg and sports and then obviously have the other section as well for the box sellers or people who sell multiple different things yeah i think if you're trying to knock out this stigma around it being heavily tcg that's going to be the easiest way forward is to try and almost separate the tables out and to have tcg tables and sports tables and have it as an even number of tables um obviously yeah for us it'd be great to see some more sports tables there next time around also given the fact that it's what we collect um you know I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it it was heavily tcg this weekend 
um you know not to a point where it was like there was hardly any sports tables but as you said it's probably around you know 60 40 in terms of i got the ratio right this time 60 40 in terms of um obviously know your sports to tcg if not maybe a little bit more tcg um but like i said that's probably going to be the quickest and easiest way going forward is to potentially spread out the tables in terms of you sell half tcg half sports on the website and you buy the specific table for tcg or sports that way you've got half and half split there you go there's no no questions asked so that to me seems an logical step in terms of i guess knocking out that stigma around it being heavily tcg and then like we said where the way you do the floor plan is you know one thing or another but to have it so you know you've got a 50 50 split tcg to sports is the next i think important step uh for harry and the team yeah like i say it's uh i would not have a clue where to start at all and no doubt i knowing harry personally me and harry and harry me and harry and harry know each other very well but it's fucking awkward when you always have to say harry and harry in a different cut set but I know that the team always want to try and put the best show on possible and no doubt that they'll be listening to the advice, the feedback and the criticism and the positives and try and put on the best show possible when the next one rolls around. But we move on slightly now. And the next thing is like, is there anything we would obviously say, for example, in an what we would want to set up the London Car Show, for example, is there anything that you'd like to see different for the future or any ideas? Obviously, we've covered a few there, like splitting equal amount between TCG and Sport like maybe the prices, but is there anything else that you would kind of change at all or would like to see down the line? Um, I think in terms of what we what I changed, I think we probably discussed the main points that, you know, we try and change. Um, I mean, for me, you know, down the line, I'd love to see on-site grading, um, potentially uh, on a bigger scale when, you know, it, the time becomes right. Um, but I think, you know, at the moment, everything I would, I would have changed we've discussed already that's what we've gone through so for me there's probably not much else that I would I would change in terms of like I said further down the line when it's more scalable that you know or in terms of it's, it's more feasible should I say that you know they should potentially on-site grading um with whatever grading company that is um but otherwise yeah you know I think we'll just, we'll just pretty much discuss the main points that I would have changed I don't know about yourself but for me they're probably the main main bits yeah, I think the only thing I would like to see is when I do see a lot of uh, vlogs and videos from the American shows, I know obviously a lot of them are quite considerably more about football and stuff like that, but maybe some more interactive things, maybe some games or something like that. I would say Top's done quite a... I've walked past the top stage a couple of times when they had activities on them. It's quite good for, like I would say, like the younger audience, like the kids. But maybe having some bits on for the older audience would be quite cool, maybe some interviews, maybe something like that would be quite cool or even I've seen like quite a bit of whatnot in the States where they have like competitions and I, I know they had like the um ran, like the spin wheel kind of thing where you could win prizes but they do some quite interesting ones over in the States there's I think from the Mint Collective recently in Vegas they had like a hanging bar and if you you hung on it from zero to a minute you've got a free pack a minute to minute 59 was a free blaster and then two minutes on was it's a hobby box. Yeah. Something like that, obviously, it'd be quite cool. Obviously, that's probably a thing further down the line when there's a maybe like a bigger, more exhibition type of centre or hall. But maybe stuff like that, a bit more interactive. Hopefully, like you say, obviously, PSL, I'm looking at the uh, the, uh, diff- the actual ticket at the moment that we have for this weekend with the different sponsors. Um, hopefully, see maybe some of them getting a bit more involved. Obviously, same to see no PSA representatives there. Even just to talk to would have been quite nice. Um, 
but yeah, like maybe something a bit more interactive. Obviously, uh, I think that's maybe one aspect that they do quite well in the states is bringing people over into different areas and just having stuff to do like quizzes, competitions, stuff like that would be quite cool. Obviously, I know they done tops had the raffle giving away the free bottle. Um, yeah, otherwise, I think whatnot had the spin wheel. And that, that was kind of about it. I think there was a couple of other competitions going on. Yeah, I think eBay had the um, prize call, didn't they, as well? Yep. So it's just maybe, maybe sank along in line, so maybe a bit more interactive to do. Could be quite cool to see. Um, definitely not become a jockey and rush around Sandown race course for a free <laughs> hobby box would not be a good idea. But no, definitely, I think, like we say, I think it's going to be quite an interesting one moving on to the show in three months now. Obviously, it's a, a longer gap. We only had two months between the February and April show. Now, the next one is obviously coming up in three months' time, which should be quite interesting to see the ideas what go into play the feedback if it goes into action and no doubt we if we can we'll try and get a comment from harry and the team just to see what they think of the show and we'll bring that to you in the next couple of episodes and also no doubt when we build up to the next london card show in uh, about 12 episodes time there'll be another london card show special and definitely we'll be trying to get more people on who attended the shows and stuff like that but moving on to our actual personal experience of that show and what we picked up because it's actually quite even though it was kind of a hit, not a hit and a miss type of show in terms of everything. It was actually quite a good pickup show. I'd arguably say this this was my fifth London card show and my best in terms of pickups, which is quite strange. Uh, thinking because we're currently top of the league, not for much longer in my personal opinion, but we are top of the league. I was expecting, bloody hell, these are, if there's any Arsenal cards, they're going to be 400% more than what they should be. And normally, I think the last card show, I probably walked home with, I think I'm not kidding. I think only about five cards, all in all. Um, and I think out of those five, I think two were in an Arsenal, like an Arsenal shirt. This time, all of it bar one card and some Disney ones were Arsenal. So if we start, obviously, I'm not going to say the order we picked them up in because barely remember anything about yesterday. But obviously, my first lot of pickups today, they'd be, I would show them here, but they are all over there and I'm not getting them. So I will have a video at some point or if I do remember in the edit, I might put a little picture up, but if not, I'll be having a video up on my YouTube channel of all the pickups. But my first pick, I headed over to the guys at Trade Week Cards because always know they have a good flick-through selection and also some higher-end stuff as well. So I thought I'd have a little look through the flick-through. And I was going through the... It was £1, £3, £5. So I went through the £1. Nothing really tickled my fancy there. £3, there were some Arsenal bits in there, but I didn't move... I didn't make a play on any the Arsenal stuff. I picked up some of the base cards from the Disney 100 set, which... Me and Harry did speak about this before en route to the show and in a few episodes ago, but it was looking forward to the show to actually see him in person. So I thought, no disrespect to the company, I thought, ah, oh, these are going to be quite, but not knockoff, but quite thin. But that, uh, the quality is fantastic. I've actually got to say that the quality of them are better than some of the Tops and Panini cards I own. So very surprised with that. I picked up some of my favourite characters from Toy Story, Alien especially, as my favourite Toy Story character, Mike Brzezowski. Uh, ham, Mr. Potato Head and Rex so that was good to see and as I was thinking through that there was a Donald Duck which I didn't purchase but I did hide halfway through one of the boxes which is now on the other side of the screen which funny enough might not have been in the possession of HJA if I didn't hide it because someone two minutes later come through and bought the rest so and then the other pickup from Trade Wheel for me was an Aaron Ramsdale jersey card from the late Donald Ross so how does it feel that you finally picked up a nice little Disney card? Yeah, I was buzzing to be fair to pick it up. I know we saw it when we were going for the flick through boxes. Um, and I was like, oh, like, you know, we've only been in 10 minutes. Like, I'll put it back and we'll see. And you're like, I'll hide it for you. And I was like, all right, yeah, good shout. 
We must have gone back there about what 40 minutes later about to trade Wee and they're literally wiped out of their flicker box. I'm thinking, oh my God, that's sold. And I was flicking through the five pound one. I was thinking, it's not in here, you know, and you literally pulled it straight out. So I was like, right, I'm buying it out before it goes. So yeah, Donald Duck is the base from the obviously the Disney Cacawow. So and now that was a card I said obviously when we went first for the checklist on here, that was, that was the first card I wanted to get. So um yeah, was buzzing to to pick that up finally. I was gonna say it's quite funny. When we done that episode, we literally said my number one I want to pick up is Alien and you said your one was Donald Duck. So um, yep. it's good to actually pick up the two cards that we did want. And we actually see a fair bit of Disney, actually. Um, I know one of the stalls, a guy called Sickball FC, had some of the gold final or whatever they called them, like visual, and they were magnificent. I think they're the ones yeah. that were like, super, super rare. I think they're like equivalent to five or ten, so they were worth serious money, but they're really good to see. He had a full set of the base as well, so it was quite nice to flip through that as well. But move, obviously, that moving aside from Disney, and mainly because obviously our main PCs are Arsenal, and it was actually quite a successful show for picking up Arsenal cards as well. And I know obviously people who do listen to the podcast regularly or follow HGA on Instagram realizes it does buy a lot of graded cards. So how did you get on picking up? And did you pick up any uh, graded items? Yeah, so I actually picked up three graded cards like i said i think similar to you i probably one of my best shows in terms of pickups um so the first one i've got two both from 2021 22 mosaic um so i picked this one up on saturday which obviously is the red and golds uh aaron rams there which is numbered to 88 in a psa 10 um got that from martin over at card sales um yeah red and gold choice number to 88 so Saw that first one. I was like, you know what? Like, I've been looking to pick up a Ramsdale. I got his auto from Mosaic, um, and I was like, no. In a PSA ten, I was like, you can't really, can't really argue with that. Um, so I picked that up from card sales, and then today um, I walked back over to Grails by Gus and his table, and he had two, two full cases full of new stock he picked up from Aaron this morning at the grading club. So I actually picked up this uh, Kieran Tierney PSA ten of the Peacock, um, which I believe is SSP. Yeah. Ronnie, correct me if I'm wrong. No, um, but no, yes, SSP, yeah, PSA 10 with the Peacock. So, um, yeah, I was quite happy with those, to be fair. Two pickups, obviously, from uh, both from Mosaic, both PSA 10s. Um, I guess, you know, both to a degree, short print, um, SSP and also SP. So, yeah, I think I picked up both of those. And then on the graded scheme, I actually went ahead and picked up this 2021-22 uh, Obsidian Emil Smith Rowe, um, Red Pulsar, which is numbered to 26. Got this from uh, BB Cards Ben. Um, and obviously, I had to go and pick up the Black Slab Mag to match the, obviously, the Obsidian. Um, as I said, yeah, numbered to 26. The Reds with the Black as well, obviously, with the Red Colour match to Arsenal. Um, PSA 8. Um, but yeah, I was buzzing to get that. I saw it and I was like, you know what, that's a pretty nice colour match. I know he had the Martinelli as well in a 10. Um, but I was like, you know what? ESR is going to come back fine sooner rather than later. So um thought I'd get the black uh, slab mag to match with that. So, yeah, those were the three graded cards that I picked up this weekend. Um, actually, I did, for a change, I should pick up some Raw as well. I was going to say, before I move on to my graded pickups, um, you did just say you picked up a black slab mag, and I did refer to it earlier that you picked up a few. How many uh, slab mags did you actually walk away from the show with? Um, I'm sure the boys at third down listen to this, and they're going to be laughing their heads off. Um, so I bought three. Um, I bought three, and then we were sat at a pub on Saturday night, and it popped up on my phone saying third down mentioned you in a reel. 
Um, and I've got my giveaway for a free slab mag as well that I did for the card show. So I actually walked away with four. I actually walked away with four today. Um, I'll see three that I bought and one that I won in the giveaway for free. So I should show you I got it here. I actually, the free one I got, I actually picked up an orange to match my Pierre Gasly to 25. Um, I'll see the orange wave refractor. We'll see with the orange slab mag as well. So it's quite a nice color match on uh, on that one, to be fair. So I was like, you know what? That orange matches hard. So, yeah, got that one for uh, the guys at the end. So, yeah, I bought three. I got two other red ones, obviously, to match the Arsenal PC as well. So, yeah, I walked away with four. So, third, then, if you're listening, thanks, boys. Yeah, they, they'll definitely be thanking you because they'll be sitting there with a nice glass <laughs> or something paid by you entirely. I was there at a pub last night, mate. I don't know about today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually picked up two graded items. So I said I'm not normally the biggest picker up of graded cards but obviously pick her up moving on now i want to pick up some more great stuff slash grade my own stuff because i've got quite a nice few bits that need encapsulating but i found a fine gentleman over at um, one of the tables nearer the other side nearer the doors towards the food area His name was uh jod collects and he it, it noticed me because i was walking past it and i originally noticed a dennis burkamp psa free sticker from 1992 i believe it was and then that kind of drew me in because i was like oh that's a burkamp net and then I was slowly looking through it. He had a orange wave to 25 Beth Mead, which I was very tempted on, but the price was the price was fair. I'm not saying it was too much. The price was fair. Just it was over my budget for that time. He then had next to the uh, Beth Mead a Viviana Miedemar PSA 9 refractor listed at £20. And then I looked at the other side, and I know the player's out of favour at Arsenal at the moment. It's a really nice card. I, I really do like the player, and the card is aesthetically very pleasing. It was a cracked ice to 23 from Chronicles, Albert Samuel Conga, rookie prism. PSA 9, um, and it was 50 on label and managed to get a deal at 35, which was very, very nice of him to do such a good deal on them two items. Obviously, Viviana Miedemar, one of the best women's players in world football, obviously sadly injured at the moment. And Sam Lugonga out on loan and be interested with him, but picked up two very nice ones. I think, especially just like the Pierre Gasly that H just had on screen there for people who are watching along, obviously, also people not listening. The orange is such a nice colour scheme. That the cracked ice is actually orange within the Chronicles, and I think it was just a fantastic card to pick up. And it's one you don't really see much, and I don't think it'll be graded that much. I actually haven't seen it raw, so was very happy to pick that one up. And uh, obviously, like you said, you did pick up some raw items as well, which is always quite nice. And I think obviously for you, obviously you'll be looking at grading some of them now. But which uh, what uh, raw items did you actually pick up? Um, so to be fair, yesterday, uh, Harry came up to me and said, listen, I've got a Pierre Gasly 2021 portrait green sapphire 75. He went, let's flip a coin. He went, you win, you can have it. He went, I win, you give me a tenner. So I was like, all right, cool, sweet. So I've gone tails never fails. And obviously, yeah, tails it was. So yeah, walked away with like a nice green sapphire, uh, Gasly to 75 portrait from 2021 Chrome. So that was quite nice to add to the, uh, to the Gasly PC. So yeah, thanks Harry for losing a coin, to coin toss. Um, and also our good friend, uh, LGL Breaks, um, actually came up to me after I bought that Smith Row Obsidian Red Pulsar um, and actually handed me the Smith Row to 105 from Obsidian. So it's looking like I might end up having to start something with Rainbow because I know what you're about to show. Yep. Um, so, so you've got the to blue to 30. So yeah. Yeah. Man might have to start a potential rainbow of the Obsidian Smith Row until he gets to the one of one, and then I'll bail out. Yeah. Um, no, my luck. Um, I also picked up this. I've been actually looking for one of these for a while. So I know the redemptions have recently fulfilled. It is the Impeccable Surge Nabry 
um, auto, which is number to 35. And I believe it's from the Asia Tmall um, with the red sort of um, bordering. But yeah, I've been looking for one of his cards since the redemptions got fulfilled. So yeah, Panini Collector did me a good deal on that. So shout out to him. But yeah, the Surgeon Abri Impeccable Auto number to 35. Um, so I was pleased to finally get that one into the PC. Um, and then finally, we did a little a little trade night deal. Um, they've already got the guy's name, um, but he had a load of Arsenal stuff. He PC'd Arsenal. I mean, he had the Emirates Stadium Blue Shimmer to 8, BGS 9.5. He had an impeccable trio, Perez, Omri, Burkamp. Um, it was just ridiculous, his case. And um, actually, he had a lot of the Tigers from this year's Prism. So I actually went and picked up the uh, Emil Smith row. Got a theme going on here with Smith Row. Um, but I bought the Fabio Vieira one recently um, and then saw the Smith Row. And I was like, you know what? I got to pick that one up as well. So, yeah, picked up the uh, Smith Row Tiger Prism. I think he also had Shaka, Jesus, Saliba, I think Zinchenko, maybe. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of a lot of Tiger Prisms he had there. So, um, but yeah, they were the four raw cards that I uh, I picked up. Yeah, so funny enough, going along the Tiger theme, I picked up a Aaron Ramsdale Tiger. I think a player that I wanted to get more cards of. Um, not a obviously he's had a few mistakes this season, but on the other hand, as well as single handedly won us or kept us in games as well. So I was very happy to pick up the Tiger print of his. And then funny enough, you say in there about uh, Panini Collector um, was sitting with him for a bit when I couldn't be bothered to stand up no more, which was a bit a bit unfortunate because I ended up just looking for a load of Arsenal cards. But the uh, needle and haystack of trying to find some Granite Shackers. And it was actually quite funny because I, I think a lot of people would agree that the 2019-2020 Prism is one of the best ones. In my personal opinion, I think it is the best Prism. It's my favourite Prism. Um, obviously, it's a shame that some of my other PC players that I collect are not in that one. But one and obviously the main guy that everyone knows who I collect is Granite Shacker. Managed to pick up his high property and collect that. But also then... I picked up a Rob Holding from Breakaway to 75, which is really nice because you don't really see that much often. And then also next to it was a bronze or copper, I think it's actually called copper, actually to 20. And so that was a really nice one. And I know you there, you just mentioned the man himself, LGL. Um, we were standing outside talking with El Toro Jason, I think it was Miles, and a couple, I think it was a couple of others maybe. And then he came up to me and said, I found you a Jack. And I was like, yeah, all right, mate. You found a Jack. No one finds Jackers at London Garage. But I think I found one in the private four shows. And he actually come up to me with a red and white Granite Shack, which is a lovely card. I'm going to look over the condition-wise. So I think it would look very nice graded. But then I do say that with the other 58 Shackers I do have in my collection. But that was a massive thank you to him because that was a lovely one. I don't have in the PC and I need to pick up more of that prism. And then Trade Night was a very interesting one because I was sitting there with El Toro. Um, and I get a little tap on the shoulder when H... H comes back and says, oh, you know, you've got to come and see this story. I think, now here we go. What's this? It's going to be like some one-of-one one thing that's out of my budget. And then it was obviously the same gentleman that you said before that had the few different Tiger prints um, from this year's prison and some of the old stuff. And he had a lovely few Jackers that I probably would have played on if I had a bigger budget. He had a first off the line blue shimmer to eight, a blue mojo to 25 and the Tiger print. And then just below that, he had a few of the autos. I think he had a gold choice of uh, Takeru Tomiyasu. And then he had the blue shimmer auto of Gabriel. And obviously people listening on this, they know my main two Arsenal players that take this Gabriel and in Jacker. So I thought, oh, I'd be interested in the price, but I was thinking oh, it's probably going to be a bit higher for me. I was expecting the 60 to 70 pound mark. And um, he said, look at the comps, not just 
east of the world and west of the world. So if people know what they mean, you know what I mean, but when we talk about comps, they're not just one side of the world. So managed to find one comp, and I think it was around the $33, $34 mark. And he said, look, I'll do comps on it. And he said, so I said, I think it comp did at about £28. I said, I'll give you 30 And he said, yeah, so very happy to pick that up. And it's a beautiful card as well. Um, so, yeah. And then, funny enough, Jason tapped me on the shoulder halfway through trade night. And he went, I've just found these two cards for you. And obviously, we talked about choice from this year's prism. Obviously, the non-numbered so-called base of choice is the blue-yellow. I think it's blue-yellow-green or just blue and yellow, or however they call it. But he actually managed to pick up for me a Jacques and Gabriel, which obviously I didn't have either of them. And I think choice is one of them that, don't get me wrong, I really do love hobby and the clean colours of the block colours. But choice, I know H will agree with me on this one, that it's just, it pops really nice. Like the Tigers, you've got the blue shimmer. The blue shimmer is first off the line, but then you've got the blue-greens. You've got the red-blues to 15s. Uh, you've got the green scope, which is to five this year. So you've got quite a few. And then you've got the red scope, I believe, to 30, I believe it is. So that was really good to see. And then last but not least, the trade night. I tr uh, traded a couple of cards actually with El Toro. So I actually traded at trade night, which was actually a first for me. He um, he had he found a Viviana Miedemar from the new Merlin to 99. And I had a Jude Bellingham living set. PSA 9 slab, and I traded him that, and then as the sweet in the deal as well, he actually threw in a Cosmic Eberetche as a to 25. I know people say, like, why are you collecting him? He's not an Arsenal. I just really like him as a player, and I thought it'd be nice to throw in the deal. So I think it was actually quite a successful two days, obviously, for yourself, or day for me. But I know, obviously, it's hard to say, like, cards you missed out on or you see. Was there anything you looked at or see that you kind of wish you picked up or think, oh, I, I wouldn't mind having that in my PC? I mean, yeah, half that guy's case who had all the uh, Tiger Prisms. I mean, he had so many low-numbered Arsenal cards from the new Prism, all the Tiger Prints. So, I mean, yeah, if I, had a, if I went there with an endless pit of money, I'd have bought him out of house and home. But um, I know also BB cards, Ben had a really nice uh, Smith Rowe Bronze Breakaway PSA 10. Um, that would have been quite nice. He also said he had the Martinelli Red Pulsar PSA 10. Um I mean, Gus had a Saka Auto from Chronicles PSA 10, which is really nice. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a, there a lot of cards where, you know, if I went there with a bit more of a budget, I could have picked up a load of nice stuff to add to the PC. But I think, yeah, for me, probably a couple of the Tiger Prints or the Bronze Breakaway of Smith Row, I think I'd like to have added to, to the PC. But, you know, there's always next time. And I, I know I've got BB cards, Ben on Instagram. So, um potentially a later date but yeah i think they're probably the main ones that i'd say that i'd look back on and think ah maybe should have at least inquired about them yeah i think there was one main one for me really obviously i did just mention the jackers that was actually from the main show I was, there was a kieran tierney booklet from immaculate it was one of the ones with the uh, acetate auto on the left hand side of piece of the patch and it was part of his obviously his name i think maybe the k or oh it might have been the actual end i think it was the end because it looked like a bit of a joint, which was a lovely one. I think he had 130 on it, which when I looked at comps, it was probably about 20, 30 pound under comps anyway, which was a very good deal. But it was one of them that I ended up picking all of the stuff up. I got the weekend for the same price as it would have been for that one booklet. So it's one of them that I do want to get an Arsenal booklet in the PC. But uh, with Kieran Tierney, it's a very hit and miss point at the moment, especially with his cards of will he move, will he not move? So didn't pass. I didn't make a deal on that one, but I bought the Ramsdale Tiger Prism off him. So done very well. But Overall, I think it was a very successful show in terms of actual pickups where it can you can either it depends on what you're looking at. I think 
from an Arsenal perspective, perspective, there was quite a lot there, which was rather different because sometimes yeah. you don't really get much. A lot of times you get quite a lot of other teams, which is natural because like for most top products, Arsenal are not in it. So up until this year, obviously we part Europa League, but then unless of the biggest collapse in the history of football, we'll be making a return to Champions League product next year, which everyone will be opening up their wallet for because that's going to be very expensive when the likes of Saka, Odegaard, We'll be getting their first Arsenal Chrome, Sapphires, um, and then like likes of other cards which are Champions League only, like your Inceptions and stuff like that. But overall, um, have you got any closing statements regarding the card show and just the overall experience? Because obviously, as well, I'd just like to touch on it. It was really nice. I had quite a few people come up to us as well saying, really enjoy Parker. And I think that's um, it really makes the day, really. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's really nice because you talk to someone and then you're like... Um, Oh, I love the podcast, and it it makes you makes you realise why you do it. It's it's for the hobby at the end of the day, and it was really nice to talk to a lot of people. And there was quite a few people that we didn't really get to speak to as much as I wanted to, but don't, we would definitely be reaching out. And like we say, we're going to try and get more people from the hobby on the podcast this year. Um, so likewise, if anyone's listening to this and does want to get on the podcast, definitely reach out, and we're like we're compare like see our schedules, how it works, and definitely try and accommodate people within the UK but yeah your closing notes on the overall experience the weekend and the card shows general yeah no like you said I think you know it was really good to sort of speak to the, a lot of people today in terms of over the weekend that we normally catch up with in in general um was great to you know catch up with everyone and meet some some new faces as well um as I said it was great to hear about some of the people's thoughts on the podcast and listen to it and you know my maths in particular um was a was a good talking point but um, you know, I think you know a massive, massive thank you to Harry and obviously and the, and the team again for another fantastic weekend. Um, and a thank you to everyone, obviously for for ten k listens as well. Um, it's been a pretty good weekend overall. That topping off with a little you know cherry on the top. Um, but like I said, you know, can't thank everyone enough for the constant support. Um, and like I said, thank you to everyone for stopping by for a catch up today and, and yesterday. Um, and yeah, looking forward to catching up with everyone again in August. Um, or if you are going to Germany next month, I will see you out there. Yeah, no, definitely. I echo them statements. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing the next show and what changes and like what feedback they listen to. And I think that's the most important thing of uh, things will fail, some things will be very well. So just hopefully. The two take some things on board, and like I say, it'll be another good show in August. And hopefully, it's not like last July's show, and it's about thirty-three degrees and absolutely sweltering. But I think that room has got aircon, thankfully. So, like I say, it might be a bit hotter that show. But no, a very good weekend. Always, as I say, that it's not the cars that make the hobby; it's the people. And I think that's the main thing is just getting to see everyone again. And like I say, there's sadly couldn't speak to everyone, but no doubt we'll be catching up very soon. Hopefully, we're seeing some other shows that are popping up. I was like to say Harry is going to the German show next month, which is at the Nerb, no, not the Nerb, we're at Hockenheim. Hockenheim. Yeah, so he's going to Hockenheim. And I know, obviously, there is a Scotland show coming up soon that I think it's sold out, but I might try and get up there for, but I'm not too sure at the moment, depending on schedule. And then, obviously, it goes back into London Card Show, South Coast Show, Northwest Card Show. There'll be a lot more others popping up. So we hopefully try and get to a few more. Me, I know me and Harry have spoken a few times about making a weekend of it and trying to get to other ones. But like we say, um, as we said, a uh, perfect way to close it is how we ended it. Uh, started it with thank you everyone so much for listening yet again. Thank you everything for getting us to this 10k mark. Obviously, this is episode 60. The road to 25k listens is now on, and also the road to 100 episodes. So, like we said, we're going to be trying to get some really good guests lined up for you. We've got a few 
in the works that we've really tried hard to work on. And like I say, if there's ever anyone you'd like to hear on the podcast, always just feel free to leave a message to upload a podcast on Instagram or one of our private channels, that's RPU Trading Cards or HA Cards UK on Instagram. But most importantly, if you're listening along on YouTube, please drop a subscribe, like, comment of what you thought about the London Card Show. Uh, hit the subscribe on Spotify because we've been blessed with yeah, Spotify, especially at the moment. We're doing very well with the followers on there. So as we say, thank you ever so much for joining. I hope everyone out there who did attend the London Card Show had a very good experience, picked up a load of nice cards and just had a very good experience. But until next Tuesday, we thank you everyone out there for listening. Please stay safe. Keep buying, selling, trading, but most importantly, happy hobbying and good night. Mm-hmm.